me get a quick sip of water. I'm sorry. 2008, this year, I will do certain things. Well, the first part of this is a four-part series. I love to do series. You've learned that if you've come to church here for any length of time. We're going to talk about developing our spiritual life this morning. You know, there's nothing more important than getting right with Christ, growing in Christ, being a Christ follower. This week I had two funerals. It was an incredible week. Lenore's precious mom and her sister is here. She went to be with the Lord this past week. And then uh, yesterday, a good friend of ours, the Vincents, their, their mom, she went to be with the Lord. So I was standing two grave sides this week. So I'm more convinced this week than I am any other time that, man, this stuff matters with all our heart, doesn't it, church? That we get it right with Jesus, not just for the life to come, but for the life that we're enjoying now. And some of you are like, man, I'm enjoying life. And some of you are like, man, my ride's not real good. My ride's kind of bumpy. Or my ride's kind of mediocre. Let me tell you, this is the key to life. It might be really good or it might be really tough. But when you do it with Jesus, you can endure. You can finish it. You can do the journey with joy. See, joy happens despite circumstances. Because I'm going to tell you, in 2008, some of us are going to have some circumstances that aren't going to be very good. And there's some of you are going to have the best circumstances you've ever had. And some of you, your position will change through 2008. But I will assure you of one thing. Jesus Christ is steadfast. He's immovable. And He'll never change. He'll never tilt. He'll never fall. He's going to rule His world every day. Amen? And he wants to rule your life. So I just chose it today. I want to talk about developing your spiritual life and how critical. I've got about 18, 20, 23 scriptures today. I don't know if I'll get to all of them. I hope you'll get ready to write and put some of these on your notes. But have you ever felt like a twig in the desert? Have you ever just felt like you were just dry and brittle and about to crack? You were just drained of all spiritual resources. You were just like, man, I, I just don't have much left. Well, a few years ago, I don't know if you ever watched the parades, but a few years ago during the Rose Bowl, they were having their annual parade and people were watching it and they had all the beautiful floats that they do there in Pasadena every year and they were coming out of. And all of a sudden there was this float and it came to an abrupt stop. And went, wow, you know, we spent all these millions of dollars on these floats and flowers and, and now the thing stopped and, and they got panicked and, and they figured out, well, we got a problem. We're out of gas. So somebody got a gas can and went down and got some gasoline. It held up a 30-minute delay in this multi-million dollar parade. And a little bit later, the float came by and all the people behind the TV were scurrying not to really bring much attention to it. But when I read the story, it was amazing. Guess who the float belonged to? Exxon. They ran out of gas. Isn't that hilarious? Now here's the thing, and here's why I said that this morning. You'll run out of spiritual gas. You'll run out of spiritual octane if you don't fuel your spirit every day in 08, church. You can't just fuel it on Sunday morning celebrations, even if you make every one, and most of you don't. Some of you say you make a lot of them. Some of you are sporadic. I'm praying 08, you're going to get real healthy, okay? But Sunday morning won't do it. Your small group, as good as it is, it won't do it. It's every day with Jesus. It's not every other day or every other week. It's every day with Christ. So we have to develop our spiritual life. Now, there's a fuel gauge here. I want you to... Oh. That's right. We're having uh, screen problems, I understand. Well, this... Hey, you're going to like my yarmulke today more than ever. Okay. Look at, look at this. Uh, Tell you what, this is really throwing me. I'm set up in this room. Okay. Anyway, they tell me there's a fuel tank behind me. Okay. How many of you, you... You look at that gauge a lot. How many of you run out of gas? Okay. Well, you know, I was just thinking, some of your spiritual life could be like that. It could be on full. 
It could be on half a tank this morning. It could be on a quarter. It could be on an eighth. You're saying, no, Pastor, mine's on fumes. Somebody like, man, mine ain't even running. Well, our prayer is today you'll get your engine started. But wherever you are, I hope and pray that God will speak to your heart today by His living Word, and He'll convince you, because I can't, but He can. I pray the Holy Spirit will somehow give you a new desire today for Christ and for His riches and for His Word. So let's just walk this outline together and we'll see. Because you see, if we don't have our tanks refueled, we'll get irritated. You see, phone calls come, interruptions come. There's all kinds of things that interrupt and drain our life. But the psalmist, I want you to look at the very top of your worship guide. I've always enjoyed the song and I love the scripture from where the song derived itself. It says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Is your soul thirsting for the Lord this morning? Do you thirst for knowing what the eternal Savior, the riches, the grace, the mercy that He can give? You know, Jesus had a prescription too. In Revelations chapter 2, verses 3 and 5, of Revelation, it says these words. You have persevered and you have endured hardships for my name. You have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Now, as we look at that scripture, it's, it's, it's very critical here. I want you to circle two words. Remember and repent. If you want to be spiritually healthy in 08, you've got to remember the word of the Lord. You've got to remember that He is your first love, that He is your sacrificial love, that He is your Savior, that He is your Master. And then there might be a need that you need to repent. You need to turn from the things that you're now doing and remember the things you did when you first came to Christ, to trust in the Savior. You know, I remember just in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be 30 years old in Jesus. I love January. I really love January 22nd, 1978, when I was born again, when my sins were forgiven. Everything was, wow, new. The sky was blue. My sins were covered by the blood of Christ. Do you remember when your sins got forgiven? Tell me about it, church. Amen. You're saying, well, I don't get as ecstatic as you do. Well, you should if your sins have been forgiven, because I know some of you. Some of you are pretty serious sinners. But to be vital again with Jesus... I like what Tony Campolo says. He tells a story about a couple that they lost their love for each other. They were Their marriage was going south. I see that too much in the church of Jesus Christ, and we always try to reconcile and encourage that. And sometimes they're reconciled, and sometimes they aren't. But this couple came to him, and, and the guy says, You know, hey, I'm leaving my wife next week, Tony, but I know you're a man of God. I just thought I'd come by and see if there's any word you had for me, any hope, any encouragement. Tony thought about it for a moment, and he said this. He says, You know, do what you did at first. What? He said, do the things you did when you first fell in love with her. He said, well, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give it two weeks and we'll see. Man, he went and bought flowers. He bought candy. He got attentive. He got creative. He did all the things he did when he pursued that young woman. He came back to Tony two weeks later. Tony, wow. It's like we're on our honeymoon, bro. It is just off the chart. Huh? I don't know, man, but in marriage is good. You can forget that divorce stuff, man. We're staying married for life because he did what? He did the things he did at first. And here's what Tony says. Here's the moral to the story. When you do the things lovers do, 
you will feel what lovers feel. Write that down. When you do things lovers do, you will feel the things that lovers feel. When you do the thing that you did when you first came to faith in Christ, and you do that consistently, you will have that joy. You will have that feeling throughout your spiritual pilgrimage. It's an awesome thing. But some of us, we're just like, well, no, I couldn't do that. So let's look at the first point. Number one, listen up. Now, the psalmist, he gives an emphasis to prayer about being amazed with God, and he gives that verse that we quote so many times in the church, Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, quieten yourself, slow down, do the things that God wants you to do. Um, let's just ask you that are dating or, uh, well, not dating, that's not even fair because you're probably doing this well. You've been married for a while. Do you, do you remember when you were dating and, uh, man, you just, uh, you, you get on the phone and you'd call them and you just, hi, this is Keith. And, and, and I would just listen to Donna breathe. Oh, man, that's glorious. Wow. Woman can breathe awesome and she tell me things and she acted so interested in every single syllable that I've put together and said. And we would talk for hours upon hours. I mean, and you're like, I did that when we first got married too. I know. And then you look at yourself now, where are you at? You, you go on a trip in the car and how much do you talk? Women don't get too vital, too cruel here to us men. But you know, sometimes we don't do, we, we get busy. Or, or we want to treat God the same way. We're like, God, I first dated you. God, I first hung out with you. But now, God, I treat you like I don't want to dine with you. I want to act like you're in the drive-thru, God. God, I'm going to Sonic. Beep, beep, God, it's me. Do something quick, God. And you run back through and say, God, you've got potato tots. I mean, there's something done, you know. And God's like, I don't know where I got potato tots. Just hang with me. It makes a point. But you're, you're not dining with the Savior. It's a drive-through relationship. And I don't know about you, but I don't want any drive-through relationships. I, I want to be still and know that he's God. There's an RPM gauge I think might come up next. <laughs> They're amazing. Okay. And, you know, that tack, it tells you how your engine's doing. Is, is it revving up? How many RPMs is, is the motor turning? And some of us this morning, you redline, you run your life to the extreme all the time. You push it. Let me tell you something happens. When you push it all the time, you get tired. You get weak. You get sick. This morning, we've got a great crowd here, but let me tell you, we probably have another 50 to 100 people here this morning. There's so much sickness with all the change in weather. It's an amazing thing. But a lot of people, some of them have just run too hard. They've redlined it. They've run uh, on an empty tank. And God says, come near. Listen to me. I I've got a passage here. It's on your outline. Look there in the center with me. It's out of Ecclesiastes. It's a great verse. Let's look at it together. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to... Listen, circle that word, go near to listen, rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth, underline that one. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Listen to him. Get direction. This morning... We shortened our worship set because at the end of this service, we're going to come back and do some worship. I want us to be still and listen to God. Some of you, are, it's going to be the most incredible time that you've had in 08. Some of you, it will be very uh, disconcerting, very uncomfortable for you. I just encourage you to crawl over into the lap of the Lord 
And said, God, I want to listen to you. The huge component in our relationship with Christ many times that's left out is we don't listen. We pray, many of us. We give Him our list. But we don't listen to Him as He wants to respond. In the Old Testament, there's periods where the Lord spoke and there's periods where He didn't. Between Malachi and Matthew, the Old Testament and the New Testament, we know from church history, there was a period of 400 years of silence. There's also periods in the Old Testament where God didn't speak much. You know why God didn't speak much? People weren't listening. In 2008, is the Lord speaking much? I believe He is to those that have an ear to listen and feet that will run and do His will. But I don't know, is, is, is He speaking this morning? You say, well, I haven't heard Him sp- speak much lately. Because we're so busy, we're drowning out the voice of God. I fight this. I can honestly tell you, I'm having the best prayer time right now in 08 than I've had in a long time. I'm spending more time in prayer because I'm trying to make myself cut off TVs and iPods and other voices that drown out the voice of the Almighty. I listen to them a lot, and I love my music. I love the iPod. If you could have seen me working out yesterday in the gym, I'm worshiping, and I just lift my hands and surrender to God. And some people think I'm stretching. Some people that know me know I'm worshiping. It is an awesome thing to worship God in the gym, church. It's an awesome thing to worship God in your car. It is an awesome thing to worship God anywhere you find yourself. Is that not right? And are you worshiping Him? And are you just listening? For my personality, it's very, very difficult. Some of you are like, I know, I got your personality. And some of you, we were commenting the other day, I don't know when some of you talk, you just, you just smile all the time and look at each other. So you probably hear so much from God that it's just amazing. We need to hang out with you. But here's my thought. Are you hanging out with God in a position to hear His voice? Here's the best place to hear His voice. Lord, it's it's me. It's morning, Lord, and I've risen to meet with you. I want to spend some time in your Word. I'll read and study and memorize, but God, speak to me today. And as we move through that, I'll just give you a quick verse. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. And the very last of that, it's always been my favorite passage out of Samuel. It says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's what God wants his listeners this year. Do we listen to him? Our greatest ability to God is our availability. When I talked about two services, worship one, serve one, ask God, God, I want to be available to you. My ability is I'm available to serve your purposes. And when we do that as a church body, we're going to see great things. Number two, let's read up. Now, we say, well, then I need to get back in God's Word. I I need to get already this morning. Nobody even knew what I was preaching on. I've already had one man come up to me and he says, Pastor, what translation do you read out of? I want to buy that one. I told him the NIV. I've read and memorized the NIV for 30 years. I read all the translations, I study Greek and Hebrew and all that, but my favorite still to this day is the NIV. And you might say, mine's the New American, mine's the Good News, mine's the New Living Translation. You know what, I don't really care which one. I just want you to get in one and love Jesus, amen? And listen to His Almighty Word and listen to His voice, but get in there. And you see, I can't guilt you, I could guilt you, but that's not the motivation I want to do. Is Let's motivate you by guilt to get into God's Word. And I don't want us to be known, we're changing our name in 08, we're a guilt community church. Gross! If that sign there said guilt community, how many of you would go? I wouldn't. I'd take my name off there. I'd quit attending here. I'd tell everybody else to quit going there. I don't want another guilt trip, do you? But when the Holy Spirit produces guilt, guilt that is specific, I need to listen. 
And some people say, well, it's my duty to read God's Word. And I'll be your desire, your delight. God, I love your Word like the honeycomb. I eat it. How many of you ate anything sweet during Christmas? I did. Boxes and buckets and all kind of stuff. And I've been working out and my weight started going down a little bit. And then it went up a little bit. And then it went down. And then it went way up. And then it started coming back down just a little bit. And I about finished all the goodies. And I can't wait to get all that mess out of there. And then they got this little thing in my house. And I'm not complaining. But pastor has this cashew fetish. For years they give me cashews. You see, in heaven, when I get there, there's going to be an angel right after I come in and see Peter and I go see the Lord Jesus and worship. I believe there's going to be an angel over there and he's going to go, welcome to glory. And he's going to have a bucket full of cashews and he's just going... And I'm not going to gain one celestial ounce. I'm going to worship the king. You're saying you're crazy. I might be. But I've just thought maybe I could have a cashew in heaven. I know one thing. On this side of glory, I can't just eat one. I can't even just eat one handful. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. I like cashews. How many of y'all, when you go to parties, let's be honest, we're in God's house, and they got a thing of mixed nuts. In other words, it's cheaper. And uh, and you pick out the cashews. <laughs> oh, look at that, Ollie. I got good friends. I don't want, wait a minute. Raise your hands high. I don't want to go to no parties with y'all because you're going to be doing the same thing I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling the truth. Are we not having fun? Okay, here we go. Y'all, it's hot in here. If anybody can cut on some air, it would be glorious. Y'all aren't cold, are you? If you're really cold, just come sit right here at my feet and you'll warm up real quick. But bring your umbrella. Okay, so read up. You got that, did you? Okay, hunger, hunger for the Word, hungering for Christ. And I like what the Scriptures... All right, here we go. Thank you. Here you go. You're, you're good. Here we go. So, uh, let's get back to text here. All right, look at, look at this, uh, one here. Well, let me say this about hunger. I met Commander Del Doss in the late 70s, maybe 81. He was a POW in the Vietnam War. He was in the Hanoi Hilton Hotel, they called it, incarcerated for seven years as an American soldier. Since then, I've always been interested and intrigued when I read about soldiers from that time period in our country that fought for freedom as our soldiers fight today and as they give their life. And they say while they were in this very weak, meager existence of life, that some would give up and lose hope and they would crawl into the fetal position and die is their bodies would just diminish right before each other's eyes. They would go from 220, 230, 210, 195 pounds of muscle just down to skeletons, almost like they were um, cancer victims. But the, as I kept reading, as I've heard the stories, the ones that made it were the ones that said, my mama took me to Sunday school. My daddy made sure I was in church. We read the scriptures in our home. I was in a youth group. I did something. And I had some of God's word. And as I would be in that little incarcerated cell, I would draw upon the word that I'd hidden in my heart that I might not sin against him. And they would learn to communicate a scripture. And every once in a while they would share a story. And they could live on the story for a week or two weeks. And then somebody might draw a scripture from the resources of their well. And they would live and have life. 
Every time I read that and I think about it, I think about what will we do? If we were in that state this morning, do we have enough of God's Word in us that we could draw upon the resources of God's Word to be strong for the journey? Matthew twenty two twenty nine is written on your worship guide. And it says, you are in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. God's Word has power. Psalm 33, 6 says, by the Word of the Lord were the heavens made. Their story host by the breath of His mouth. Boy, did Louis declare the majesty of God last weekend on video, folks. There is power in the almighty word of God. And if we really are a disciple of Jesus, the Bible says we will hold to the teaching of God's word. It says we will obey his word if we really are his. If we're not, we're just mere religious. But if we're his, we hold to it. And we get wisdom and understanding. I found another passage yesterday, Isaiah 5.13. Write it down. Therefore, my people will go in exile for lack of understanding. Their men of rank will die of hunger and their masses will be parched with thirst. But if we love his word, we will not go into exile because we will have understanding, not a lack of understanding, because we hunger for his word. And then Psalm 119.50, just write these down. These are great passages to draw on. My comfort and my suffering is this. Your promises, O God, preserve my life. Your promises, your words, your commandments, your statutes, O God. Psalm 119.32, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free, God. I run in your path, in your command. In this one, Joshua 1.8, I love this passage. I think it, well, there it is. It says 1.9, it should be 1.8. And in your worship guide, it says 1.8. Meditate on it day and night and do everything written in it. And then and only then you will be prosperous and successful. This is where God says, if you want to be prosperous and you want to be successful, you chew oh my word. You meditate. You hunger. You let it shape. You let it frame your life. Read up. And then I just want to give you this quickly. Because I could literally preach for hours this morning. I, I've got so much that I just want to tell you. I want you to read. I want you to, I want you to look on the inside of your worship guide. I wrote down three books. I didn't write it down. If I wrote it down, you couldn't read it, could you, Adam? But Adam typed it. Thank you, Adam. Love you too, bro. I feel the love this morning. Here we go. All right. Good books on developing my spiritual life. Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. Great book. The Spirit of Disciplines and Divine Conspiracy by Dave, uh, Dave, yeah, Dallas, Dave, I can't even read, Dallas Willard. But I wrote down some others I just want you to put down if you're interested. The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozier, one of the greatest books ever penned. The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozier. Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, the number one all-time book on prayer by my friend, I call him my friend, we've only talked once, Jim Simbla. I love that guy. It's a great book. Here's another one I read this past summer. Downpour by James McDonald. You hear him every day on the radio at 2 o'clock. And then this is one I took men through years ago, and I understand it's still a classic. It helps you grow men. The Man in the Mirror, in the Mirror by Patrick Morley. I just gave you eight books. I could have given you about three, four, five hundred, or 5,000 books. Here's what I'm hoping. Will you begin to read books in 08, men? Men, will you begin to read some books in 08? Okay. And you're saying, only if you're little. Okay. Hey, that's more than you're reading now. If I said, tell me the five books you've read in the last five years, somebody would go, duh. 
Field and Stream, Sports Illustrated. That ain't a book. That's a magazine. You know, so, so read. I like what Billy Graham said. His secret was, I never closed my Bible. He just left it open and he said, when I passed by, I would see it. And sometimes I'd walk over to it and it would jump out at me and I'd see God's word. I just don't close it. I leave it open. I want to get into God's word. Third thing, quickly, team up. If you want to grow in Christ and develop your spiritual life, you've got to team up with other believers. You can't do this journey alone. I say it all the time. We're not called to be lone rangers. We're not called to isolation, but we're called to community. It's our middle name at Christ Community Church. A biblical community of believers known as the church of Jesus Christ. And small groups known as biblical communities that form the church. And when we do this, we're empowered. And when we do it with others and we do life together, we do more. We accomplish more for His glory, for His honor, for His praise. I read this little thing about this uh, little kid. He says, you know, I want to figure out why uh, there's billions of people on the planet, but some people feel lonely. So he said, what I'm going to do is the people that feel lonely and the people that don't feel lonely, we'll put them together and we'll put it in the paper so they can read. <laughs> you know, kids always have a simple way. I like what this one kid says about people being lonely. He says, I got an idea. Let's just make food that talks. <laughs> Whenever you eat, the food needs to talk. And it would ask these kind of questions. How old are you? What happened to you today? Now, would that not be annoying? And the other one would go, how much do you weigh? I mean, whatever. Okay. <laughs> or here's another one. Uh, the little boy, age eight, he says, here's what I do. I sing a song, I stomp my feet, and I read a book. I just do one of those three because sometimes I feel like nobody loves me. So when I feel like nobody loves me, I sing a song, I stomp my feet, and I read a book. I'm going, wow, okay. But you know what? God has a solution to isolation. It's called the church of Jesus Christ. There's no need for anybody that hears my voice to be lonely ever again. You've got a Savior, and you've got a church. The church is not the building. It's the body. It's the people that came through the doors. It's the living body of Christ that God's building His church. For Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or three come together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. He is here this morning, church. He's alive. He's well. And then He tells us to do things in Matthew 25, 40. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. We ought to go out and serve and do life together and get our spiritual tanks filled up. And our tanks get filled up when we come in for corporate worship, for corporate celebration on the weekends. And then we scatter and we ought to be in small groups and we find life. And we ought to do life together with other people. And some people are having good weeks and some people are having crummy weeks and some people are having some kind of mediocre week. But we're just having a week, aren't we? I'm telling you, the church exists that we find strength from one another. In the Greek, there's a word koinia. We have fellowship. Two guys in a boat rowing in the same direction. You're like, well, that's my problem. I'm rowing in one direction and somebody else is rowing in the other direction. You ought to ride in a canoe with me and Donna. That's a story for another day. Okay. But you get closer to Jesus when you do life together. We really grew in 08. The last five months, our crowds really grew at 1030. I'm believing 08 is going to grow. Our small groups grew, but there's still people in this room today that still aren't convinced that you need to be in a small group. You need to be there. You need to read the book of Acts. You need to read God's Word and say, God, convince me. Show me. When you read about the Apostle Paul, I did some study, and I want you to hear this. The Apostle Paul, write this down. The Apostle Paul mentioned over 100 different people in his letters in the New Testament. That meant he had relationship, he had fellowship, he had koinia with other believers, with other people. He was all about uh, being a team player. 
He teamed up with others. And in Philippians 1.5, I was just reading it this morning in my quiet time. He says, because of your partnership in the gospel, Paul had partnerships. We have missionary partnerships in Christ Community Church. One of them will be here just in a, in a few weeks. His name is Robbie Robinson. He'll be with our students in February. He's our road warrior. One of our other road warrior missionary, he's out today, Randy Williams, builds churches in Brazil. He just happens to be here with us on the weekends. We're so grateful for his life and his witness, but we, we partner. Here's another passage. Just write it down. I don't have time to get there. Romans 12, 5. I'm giving you so much of God's Word today that if you just took the seriousness message, you could meditate on these verses all week and, and read, and you could maybe get a new love for Christ. Hebrews 10.25, though, the classic. Look at it on the outline with me. Can you read it with me? Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Find strength. Go back to the fuel gauge. Where are you this morning? Well, Pastor, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little empty. But I think after today's message, the Spirit is moving. He's filling. He's encouraging. He's equipping. He's drawing. I'm finding strength to move on with Christ. I'm going to get in His Word. And let's move to the last one. We need to look up. We need to look up. So we need to listen up, read up, team up, and we now we need to look up. And as we look up, we see how awesome our mighty God is. We look up in worship and in awe. God, you are sovereign king. I know my redeemer lives. God, I worship you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Are you like the prophet Isaiah? When you come into his house, do you sense his presence? Church, do you sense his presence in here this morning? Do you long for his presence every day? I can't make it without his presence. Can you? If you've learned to make it without the presence of God, you've been deceived by the enemy, friend. You need to repent and return to your first love, Jesus Christ. And if He's not your first love, you need to make Him your priority this morning and go, in, Oh, wait, Lord Jesus, You will be Master. I will live for You. I, I love that word. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Him. It's about His glory, connecting, returning to the things. And I think I hear the Lord say, I love you, my child. Can you hear him saying that this morning? I love you, Teresa. Doug, I love you. Tim, I love you. Rosemary, I love you. Do you hear God saying that to any of you this morning? Jeff, do you hear the Lord saying, Jeff, I love you. Do you hear his voice? Do you sense his presence? You're saying, well, not enough. Because you're not listening. So this year, my prayer is we're going to develop our spiritual life. See? It's not a golf club. Don't worry. That girl didn't come back today. Either did she that I hit. Bless her heart. I need to check on her. Okay. How many of you know what these are? Yeah, you need a set of these, don't you? Uh-huh. Jumper cables. But well, my prayer today is, I gave you a jump start to your spiritual life. Something I know about jumper cables, though. If you use these too much, you burn out the cell plates in the battery. Because batteries work better when they get a trickle charge. You're saying, mm, I know where he's going. 
Some of you, you just want to come here and say, Pastor, just prove how great God is because I know you think he's great. Or preacher, make me cry. Just love it when you tell them stories that I cry. It's just snot running and cry tears and it's just awesome. No. I want you to get a trickle charge of God's word every day. I want to inspire and motivate and challenge you on the weekends, but I want you to walk with Christ in the fullness of His glory. And as we see God, we're going to expand this place for the glory of His name to the River Region Church. I'm preaching that with every fiber that I have. Will you join me in the journey? Will you join me in the journey, church? It's going to take us all. No one person, no two people, no five, no ten, no twenty, no hundred, hundreds, maybe a thousand, whatever we grow to be. It's going to take all of us working, partnering together to advance the gospel of grace. But when we do, we can get home with joy to our King. So we look up and we go, Lord, it's not a quick fix. So we need a trickle charge of His Word. You do the things lovers do, you feel the things lovers feel. Matthew 7, 7. Look there at the bottom with me. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Ask God for His promise. Lord, what are your promises? I want to build my life on them. I want to know the promises of God. I want to obey them. I want to claim them that they're my own. God, I want to stand and know your promises for myself. My grandmama, my mama, my daddy, my brother, my friend, they know them, but I want to know them. That's my prayer this morning is that we get to know the promises of God.